Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. It's crazy times. It really is. I hope you enjoyed last night's freeform episode. Because sometimes I just want to talk about film and music. Not one in particular. Because it's a vast. And the emotional aspect of these mediums. Yes, when when people want to know about film, they turn to me and say, what do you think? And that's a good feeling. Also, they know that I'm not a critic. I'm not Siskel and Ebert, although I used to watch them. Because my thing is about this whole medium, this love of the medium, and all these beautiful nuggets that are in between filmmaking, the music, the cinematography, and then bands. I love, I love talking to people about going to concerts. I mean... I remember a year ago I was working somewhere and a co-worker said that I should maybe go on a cruise. And I I thought, after this? Those things are littered with germs. I don't think so. (laughs) Homie, don't play that. Um, And I said to her, I go to concerts. I don't think people get that. I go to concerts. I save up my money. I go. I get in my car. Sometimes I'll take a friend. Boom. And, and you travel, you travel, you know, I go to San Francisco, go to Napa, Berkeley, Oakland, Sacramento, maybe San Jose, Mountain View. You know, I have yet to go to Los Angeles or San Diego for a concert. Maybe, maybe that's in the future. I haven't been to San Diego. I don't know if I've ever been to San Diego. I've been to Los Angeles many, many times. So yeah, maybe if Metallica plays the Hollywood Bowl or if Tool, God forbid, plays the Hollywood Bowl. I don't know. I just want to go to the Hollywood Bowl. Okay. I love talking about these things like film and like music. It, it gets my it gets my my body going, you know. Not so much my blood because that's like if you're angry, you know, if you're amped up and these bands I go and I watch them. I don't mosh. To be honest, I, I never really got into the moshing or the stage diving. I don't, I, want me to be honest, I don't, I don't have, I don't believe in people to the point where I know they're going to catch me. I don't believe in them. Only I can catch myself. It's like, because I knew someone once, I think they went to a show and they stage dived and they fell because no one caught them. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, because they didn't want to catch your ass. <laughs> Dirty, Yeah, but... And then I'm still reeling after watching Obi-Wan Kenobi. It was a two... Two episodes. What are they going to do? Like two episodes a week? I don't know. It was good. It was really good. Um, I mean, how can you not like Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi? Come on. That is phenomenal. And it doesn't hurt that he's a good-looking guy. But he's a phenomenal actor. Phenomenal. Okay? And as I'm watching Obi-Wan Kenobi, I'm also thinking, Yeah, you were so good in Halsey. Or, not Halsey. Oh, my God. Halston! Getting him and that singer mixed up. Halston. Halston was so good. And he won an Emmy for it, rightfully so. I mean, that was... You You want to talk about campy. That was campy. 
that was the capital C in campy. And that's why I loved it. You know, he was like, oh, this is Halston. You know, Liza, you really should go with me to Studio 54. And and there was that. Yeah. And Liza, I, I love it. There's a moment in that where Liza, the girl who's playing Liza, she's like, now you listen. You know I adore you. But I didn't drag these tits all the way across the Atlantic to this miserable place just so you can. Oh, Liza, please. The way, The fact that she said I didn't drag these tits... <laughs> it's like, who writes that shit? Who writes that? Yeah, it was... It was exquisite. I really, I really enjoyed it. And... See, that's why I love having these conversations with the audience. I, I love that we can talk about these things. Uh, oh, shout out. I have been meaning... J- Jason Almy's got to finish... Uh, George Carlin's American Dream and then we're going to talk about it oh we're going to talk about it because a lot of that shit that is in the news George Carlin he didn't so much warn us about it he was talking about this in the 80s and the 90s you have no rights because the owners of this country don't want you to move up George Carlin knew not only how to scare the audience but really shake the audience and that's important that's essential and that's why I love talking about that documentary that documentary is a, is for me a moment because it's a, it's a cinematic aspect and it's on HBO but it's very cinematic because of the the enormity of George Carlin and his career and what he did, not just as a comedian, but as a wordsman, as an observator, uh, an observer of our society and where it's going and where it really fucked up. And in the, in the love of language, that's, that's why I loved talking about his documentary so here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, sometimes I just want to talk to all of you and not so much talk about, oh my God, I love this film. No, because that's not me. That's not me. I could go there. (laughs) Yeah. Shout out to the LNC. I uh, had this interesting dream, or maybe it was a daydream, that I was at this concert and I met Neil Young. And the LNC are Canadians, and they love... Oh, I love him, too, Neil Young. It was also probably because I was walking, and I was listening to Neil Young's audiobook. And I was thinking, wouldn't that be great to meet Neil Young? And just say, you know what? That, those opening guitar parts to Cinnamon Girl are the grungiest fucking thing. I've ever, they are more grungy than Nirvana. I, it's so funny that people think that, oh my god, Nirvana invented grunge. No. No. Grunge had been around a long time. They didn't call it grunge. And Neil Young has been called the godfather of grunge. And so, yeah. Him and, him and Bob Dylan are contemporaries. I know some people prefer Bob, some people prefer Neil. I love them both. Neil has nothing but the utmost love and respect for Bob. 
and Bob, oh my God, I don't know if you've ever heard this story when, um, Heart of Gold, Heart of Gold is for me, Heart of Gold and Cinnamon Girl and, um, uh, Harvest Moon, those are Neil Young's masterpieces. But for me, Heart, uh, Harvest, or Harvest, uh, Heart of Gold, oh God, that's such a beautiful song. And Bob thought that he had written it and then he got pissed and he realized I didn't write it. Neil did. And so he got mad that Neil wrote it and he and you know he wanted to write it. So that's the markings of a really good songwriter where he's like, Did I write that? Oh no, Neil Young did. And and when one singer songwriter to another there there's that there's that uh respect and intrigue about one another and I am I'm fascinated by both of them. Even Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell, we gotta she has to be in the mix because singer songwriters back then that was that was a new thing. That was definitely a new thing. And so to have these I mean two of them are Canadian and we're talking about them. They've had these long careers. Bob's probably had the longest out of all of them. Bob, out of all of them, I think Bob has been scrutinized the most and analyzed the most. Probably, and Joni comes close. Joni comes close. Because what, everything that Bob does, people just analyze and overanalyze. And and Bob, and Bob, Bob just goes with the show, you know what I mean? I, I've often said that I think that soy bomb incident at the Grammys, I think he planned that. Because he, he is a mysterious mischievous person and I think he was like you know what I want I want I want to have soy bomb (laughs) well that's uh we're gonna take a break and we'll be back Dr. Zeus Film Podcast coming up and so we're back on the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi, but like I said a year ago, I was watching Halston. So how Ewan McGregor can really go from playing that fashion designer who was a who, who smoked and did a lot of cocaine and hung out with Liza Minnelli to going back to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um yeah, it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating. And um I remember when Halston came out and I was talking to people and I just couldn't, it was, it really sucked you in. I try not to binge things, binge watch, but I found myself watching three episodes a night of Halston. It was crazy. He was crazy. And I'd always heard, you know, like the only, the first time I ever heard of that brand Halston, I was watching Tootsie and I think it's for the end of the movie where Jessica Lang is talking to Dustin Hoffman because they've they've emerged from, you know, that that reveal on that soap opera where he he takes off the wig and says I'm Edward Kimberly, I'm not really a woman. Uh and everyone is stunned and then he sees her on the street toward the end of the movie and he said she says Will you will you loan me that little yellow thing? And he's like, "What? Which one? The Halston?" I thought, "What's Halston?" 
So when this movie came out, I thought, oh, okay. And then there's an actual documentary on the real Halston, which is fascinating. The family supposedly didn't like the movie. They didn't like Ewan McGregor's portrayal portrayal of Halston. Liza Minnelli backed the movie because she says that's who Halston was. So, I mean, you don't go against Liza. And it goes back to the what was the girl's name that portrayed her in the in the movie? She was funny. She was funny because a lot of the shit that came out of her mouth, I thought, okay, that's Liza. Like where she says to Halston, they're in France, and Halston's like second guessing himself, and she she gets in the car with him, and she's like, now you listen, you know I adore you, but I didn't drag she says that she didn't drag her tits all the way across the Atlantic <laughs> and I thought okay that's something Liza would say <laughs> yeah but um, those of you who haven't seen the Obi-Wan Kenobi you need to watch it it is available on Disney Plus two episodes are already out um, the villain in it is very striking it's almost like her backstory is much more than you think it is. Why does she have such a vendetta against Obi-Wan Kenobi? It's an obsession. Her obsession is to catch him or she says to squeeze him. And the way she says it in such a vindictive, um, uh, uh, maniacal kind of way. Almost like she's seduced by the idea of squeezing him. So, um, it's the Star Wars universe. Yes, there's going to be comparisons to the Marvel fans and the Star Wars fans. Star Wars fans have been around a long time. I've often told people when we talk about Star, these, these space films and these space dramas, okay, or as my late coworker and friend once said, they're called space soap operas. I always tell people, Doctor Who came first. Doctor Who came first. Even with Bill and Ted, where they're traveling around in the phone box, Doctor Who was here first. I think because it's a British show, I think... What I've noticed about a lot of Americans is they they kind of think the BBC is not really that that's not their kind of humor, like Ameri- you know, like absolutely fabulous with um uh uh, uh you know Jennifer Saunders. It's it is it's British humor. I think it's hilarious because it's really off the wall. It's not as posh as you think it is. Okay. So I think with Doctor Who, people would just be like, oh, that's that show from the BBC. But then it became a cult following. And there are terms for us. We're called Whovians. And I've been a Whovian since I was about nine. I remember the first time I ever watched Doctor Who. I was fascinated by it. The blue box. The time travel. uh, The music. It had that theme. And then to meet people throughout the years, it's like, oh my God, you love Doctor Who? And how it really has taken a new a new life ever since they brought it back in 2005. 
So, um, yeah, yeah. These space, these space operas, as my late friend and coworker Richard Hunt said, they are called space operas. They've been around a long time. And Star Wars really, Star Wars took it to a different place. And when I was in college, I learned about Joseph Campbell. We would watch these Joseph Campbell interviews with um, Bill Moyer, Bill Moyer, who used to do these PBS interviews. And Joseph Campbell, Joseph Campbell's been dead a long time. And Joseph Campbell was a theologist. And that's really where George Lucas got that idea for Star Wars. But also a lot of the Japanese films um, from um, uh, Akira, Akira Kurosawa, Kurosawa, who was a very famous Japanese director and did those films. And so Lucas really pulled it from different um, subject matters. And that's what filmmakers do, you know. Uh, I've always said that uh, Quentin Tarantino is like a hip-hop producer because in hip-hop you have to take these different samples and you have to merge them together for a song. And that's what he does. Quentin Tarantino takes all these different iconographies within films and mixes them together. And I'm going to give a shout out to Pam Greer because Pam Greer is, I think her birthday is this week. She was in Jackie Brown. And how Quentin Tarantino became synonymous for, I don't think he intended to do this, for reawakening careers. You think about Pulp Fiction. At that point, John Travolta did not have the the star power that he had once had in the 70s with Saturday Night Fever and, you know, uh, Grease. But it, Pulp Fiction brought him back in such a way. The same could be said for um, Pam Greer. The same could also be said for David Carradine. David Carradine wasn't really doing a lot of stuff. And then Quentin Tarantino brings him in for Kill Bill. And David Carradine is so was so charismatic in that as Bill. And the fact that he's this this villain, but at the same time very, very charismatic. And and that was the brilliance of David Carradine. And he had that voice. Um and so that's 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 what the really great directors do. They they you have to you have to get all that paint and you've got to put it together and you've got to make it presentable at the same time you have to make it within your own um, dynamic your own vision and I had read it I had read somewhere that supposedly Robert Eggers feels that the Northman was a box office letdown for me I don't think it was that the Northman was as as a masterpiece. It's unfortunate that I don't think people flock to it. I think audiences audiences don't know what they want. They think they do. They think, oh, if it's an action flick, let's go. But I, there's there was a real substance to The Northman that I absolutely loved. It was visually stunning. Visually. <sighs> so, folk. Folk heroes mythology and there we arrive back at obi-wan kenobi 
And think of it. Think of. Uh, I'm wondering. Okay, Alec Guinness died in 2000. I've always wondered if he, what he thought of Ewan McGregor playing the younger him in the Phantom Menace. Isn't that fascinating? We'll probably explore that next time. As always, unpleasant dreams. Thank <laughs> you.